tuned into great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Knock, knock, Herman. <laughs> Who's there? Ought. Ought what? Ought should. Ought should what? Ought should or must listen to this program. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you must listen. That's the title of this, right? You must listen. You must listen. It's That's good. A knock, knock. Who's there? Justin. Justin who? Justin, time to pray. <laughs> Lord, we do thank you so much that this is a time that we can listen to you. And I pray that as we talk, you are speaking through us. Pray for clarity. Pray for understanding. Pray that we do see how you do relationships and model that in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, in the many, many programs we've done together, both the videos and the radio programs. That is a lot, isn't it? <laughs> we have done a lot. Well, you it? didn't have to make it seem like it's so much. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting to see how much we've done. Well, my question is this. You are always talking about freedom. Mm. And then we even have in our definition of love, right? Pursuing. Right. We used to be seeking. And then we said, no, no, pursuing another's best, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Right? That somehow we have this freedom that glorifies God. And yet, during services this weekend in small group, we were talking that there's this obligation. And then you started talking about the commands. And I started thinking, wait a minute, with all this freedom you talk about, Jesus throws down, you know, and all of the laws sum, summarized in these two commands. Commands, right. And they sound kind of nice and lofty from the podium, but then I was really thinking about it, and Paul in Romans 15 puts the tire to the road, and all of a sudden, three words that you tell me should leave our vocabulary, should, ought, or must, appear right there in Romans 15.1. It's not that those three words need to leave your vocabulary. It's an awareness issue. Now, just think about this. Should, ought, or must fit within the English language and are proper to be used. These three words, should, ought, or must, are words that alert us to where our mind may be. It doesn't necessarily mean that your mind is there, but it is something that can alert your mind, oops, I may be looking at this from a control mentality rather than just an offering mentality. Because I could use the word should, ought, or must and still offer. And that's what we want to talk about here. But I do, should, honor, must, to serve my best. <laughs> Most of the time, that's what you're wanting to become aware of. When you're saying you should, you ought, you must do it a certain way, more than likely, it has a component of you doing life differently, i.e. better, <laughs> because, okay. because I'm telling you that you need to do it this way. And if you do it this way, it'll make my life better. That's mu much of the time. That's how we are typically using those three words. So can you give me an example? Or do I need to go back to the two greatest commands and unpack it? I, I, I think I, if we just start there, that's that's totally okay. But if we uh, if we want a simple example, I could simply say this: one of the things that could create a big difficulty in you and I's relationship is if I constantly focused on the fact that you used to be late to practically everything that we ended up setting up to do, right? Now I'm just late to most everything we do. <laughs> You're not late to very many things at all. So it, when you showed up late, I could be like, Paul, you should be early. You should not be late. You must be early. You ought to be early, right? I could be doing those type of things. Now, why would that potentially get bad? It's if I am wanting you to do life differently 
so that it makes my life better. Is that is it right for me to be wanting you to be early? There's nothing wrong with that. It would be best if you were early so that we could get started on time. There's nothing wrong with that. Where does it become wrong? When my emotions get driven by me wanting you to change your life so that I can be okay. That's where it gets wrong. So the should, ought, or must, if I'm doing it from the viewpoint of just simply saying, Paul, you know, it, it sure would be good if you would uh, show up early. You ought to do that. You must start doing that. That is a different mindset, whether it's controlling me or whether I'm just offering it as instruction. Okay? You got it? I do, but boy, I could certainly justify myself around that and twist a lot of things. Yeah, coming from your side, you could do that. That's right. You could come from your side and try to justify yourself, right? Because you're taking it from the viewpoint of what? Now, now think about this. This is a great example. What you just got through saying shows us what happens when people assume they're being controlled or actually are being controlled. When you assumed that you were being controlled by my statement, Paul, you should be early. You must not be late. You should, you ought to be early. What happens with you? You start feeling like what? Your, your freedom is being removed. And actually, to a degree, it is being removed because I'm trying to remove it from you so that you can do your life my way so that you don't infringe on my way of life happening. Okay, I want to digress from a second. All truth is God's truth no matter where you find it. The other day, in fact, in small group you were talking, and I think you were quoting... Robert Fritz. Probably. Robert Fritz, Robert right. Robert Fritz, yeah. You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Here's the statement. When control, and then you put in parentheses, manipulation or domination, is in a relationship, at some point that relationship will become intolerable. Okay, I'll say it again if people are wanting to write it. When control, manipulation or domination, is in a relationship, at some point the relationship will become intolerable. Now, just think about it from the simple example that I used about you and I and our relationship. The more I got on to you about being late, what would typically happen in our relationship? How would you typically start responding to that at some point? Well, if I want to get a paycheck, I'll show up on time, or I could rebel and take a walk off. And when you said it yesterday in the context of small group, I think a lot of people thought about that in personal relationships, not necessarily Mm -hmm. work relationships. Yeah. But if I take the work model, I think that refers more to the truth ultimately of what God's trying to do with us, that there is a reward. Well, here's here's the more important model instead of looking at it from a viewpoint of paychecks. It's voluntary. If I'm saying this to you and we're operating in a voluntary model like you and I are, since you're operating as a volunteer just like I am, then you would end up going, well, my, my paycheck, I'm not going to get any less money for not doing this. But at the same time, I sure am tired of Herman talking about this. You could end up changing your desire to show up early or you could show up early out of obligation, right? Okay. What's the difference? What is, what, what's the difference between you going, you know what, that does make sense. I'm just going to start showing up on time because that's a good thing to do. Out of my values, I want to do that. Versus you start showing up because you feel obligated, you feel like I'm mad at you, or I actually am mad at you and you're just wanting me not to be mad at you. What's the difference? How would you operate there? There would be a big difference because 
if you operated out of your values, it would show up as a want to. Obligation always drives us into the concept of I have no choice. And that is a wrong mindset. Obligation, you always have a choice no matter what, which we'll talk about right after the break with this concept of loans. Well, if I think I have no choice, the hope goes out of it and rebellion begins, which is what you were just telling me. Yep. Okay, greatrelationships.com, that's gr numeral 8 relationshipscom is the website. We hope you'll go there. You should or must. <laughs> Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. And we'll see you right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. You are not responsible for your family tree, but you are responsible for your limb and the acorns that fall from it. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? that you're meant to go to seminary, this is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, gsot.edu, or call 877-476-8674, 877-476-8674. Now get going, now! We're back. Great relationships. That's gr numeral eight relationships dot com. So listen, here's where we were starting. Matthew twenty two, right, and thirty six through forty. We have what are the two greatest commandments, mm-hmm. right? Using that word command. That's that's right. very interesting. Yeah. And we talked about freedom and stuff. And right before the break, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to bring something up. I heard you talking about, and that is someone gives you a loan. Okay. How should we think about that? That's really good for us to consider this a example because too many times we look at the commands as an obligation, right? And if I go to the bank and get a loan, that is considered in the in the true sense of the word an obligation to repay, correct? But I can think of a handful of ways I should be thinking about it. I could just go crazy and stress about it and the fact that I have these payments that are due, right. that's one way. Right. I could bless God for the opportunity to be able to get true. 
that True. loan for whatever it is. I, I could have even entered into the loan with a bad intent, right? I could have entered into that loan, even though it says, it might even use the words on the loan, obligation to repay. I could have entered into that with the attitude of, wow, I got that, and now I'm going to skip town. But that's really important for us to consider this, this concept of obligation. Obligation, just because I have a commitment or an obligation, doesn't mean that I have to follow through. Now, that doesn't sound right, does it? Because obligation says I am obligated to follow through. I have this immense pressure, if you want to think of it that way, to follow through with doing whatever I said I was going to do. No, ultimately, it still comes down to a choice. I could have even signed that loan from the viewpoint of having every intent to pay it and start paying on it and get into a place where I'm paying on that, but I actually want to put my money somewhere else. I I could get into the attitude of, I'm just not going to pay that anymore. I'll pay the consequences, but I'm not going to pay it anymore. Right? That's a choice. That is a choice at some point. That is critical for us to understand what God is saying to us with the term command. Okay, well, then I get confused because, and, and I really want to go back to this Romans 15 verse. Right. Um, because of Paul, it's just on my mind a lot lately because when I turn on the news, it almost seems like we're trying to legislate morality or we're trying to legislate personal freedom or selfishness against a moral stance. Mm-hmm. And all I can think of is, wow, America today is turning into the times where Paul wrote, in Corinth or when he was in Ephesus. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, he made it very clear, while everything is permissible, Mm -hmm. not everything is profitable, which then takes us back to this choice that you're talking about. That's right. Even, Even if you talk about the commands as being, you know, a concept of law, even if you want to talk about that way, I still have a choice whether I'm going to pay attention to it or not. Isn't that what happened in the Old Testament? You have the Ten Commandments and all of the other commands, all of the other obligations that the Israelites were to follow in the Old Testament. But what happened? They chose not to do it, and they suffered the consequences from it, correct? That is, that is a critical issue for us to consider here. God is always giving us the right way to act He's giving us the right way to think. He's giving us the right things to do, but he still leaves it as freedom for us to do it or not do it. The first four are about our relationship with God. Right. Those that follow are about our relationship with one another. So then it stands to reason in Matthew when Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Right. Right. Sounds like something we read elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. In Deuteronomy, for example. And then we get the second, which is like the first, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So when I get to... To Romans 15, 1, and here's my point. But you don't even need to go there. Here's here's what I'm going to say to you. Please. Why is it God saying that we should, ought, or must do those two greatest commands? Why is God saying that? Because it's in my best interest. Thank you. That's exactly right. 
I have a freedom to ignore what's best for me. <laughs> Isn't that true? I have an, I literally still have the freedom to ignore that. Okay, and, I think I just had an epiphany. Yeah. And it would be like this. In our program, you say that should, honor, must, three words that need to be removed from my vocabulary. No, no, no. Be aware of them. You don't have to remove them. Just be aware of them. And hear God saying should, honor, must. And when he says them, it's because it's in my best interest. It's in my best interest. But when I use them, I use them because it's also in my best interest, just not how God meant it. That's a great way to think about it, because typically the way we use should, ought, or must is to get the other person to change so that it'll fit me better. Absolutely. <laughs> but if we did it the right way, we can go back to the example that I was talking about later early. The issue would be, I'm saying should, ought, or must to you that it would be in your best interest to help us, but it actually would be in your best interest to operate with those type of values, right? Right. If I were approaching it that way. Most of the time, I would be saying it for my interest. I'm tired of having to wait on Paul, right? That's the way we would typically use this. God never does that. In spite of the fact of Romans 15, 1 saying, you ought to bear the failings of the weak and not please yourself, God's still saying that's, that's your option. It's going to be better for you if you do it that way. If you follow what I'm saying, it's going to be much better for you. But it doesn't have any control over God. God's not doing that from a stance of being mad at me. So God's saying, yes, Herman, I get that you're waiting on Paul. Keep waiting on Paul because it's ultimately in your best interest and his. Trust me. Great way to think about that. That's exactly right. And why do we get all of this messed up? Because we focus too much on trying to control other people. God's not trying to control me at all. Yes, I do understand the concept of sovereignty. I do understand that. I do understand that I am free. I have personal responsibility. But if anybody, if anybody could help me understand how the two of those things fit together, I would say you probably don't understand God's <laughs> word because God doesn't intend for us to understand how those two fit together. He's saying both are true. He's in, in control from the germ to the galaxy. And at the same time, I have a personal responsibility to make right choices. How does that work? I don't know. I don't even pretend that I know. I just accept both of them as true. And the dilemma there is where does God's sovereignty cross over into our free will or choice? And the answer is yes. I don't know. <laughs> or, or yes, that's exactly right. It does somehow. But in, in time, we may understand that. Our problem is we do not have a right view of God. We continually look at God because we see these things like commands ought to do these, we see God as somehow this, this being that is quick and ready to bonk us on the head when we don't do what he's asking us to do. He's actually going, Herman, you're bonking yourself on your own head if you don't do what I'm asking you to do. You're not experiencing the abundant life when you don't do those things. Herman, don't do that. Come on. It's an invitational model. It's not a, a retribution model. God is interested in us having the best, and he's going to let us pay the consequences when we don't choose his best way. That's just part of the deal. But it's an invitation model for me to live the abundant life. Herman, 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 listen to me. Romans 15, 1, listen to me. 
we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Herman, pay attention to that. That will be for your best. And you doing that for your best, it will benefit others at the same time. Do it that way. For their edification. For their edification. Because the verses that then follow say, as Christ did for us. And what did Christ do for us? Voluntarily limited his ability to do things that he could freely do. He voluntarily did that. He didn't have to do it. He voluntarily did it. Well, then there you go. So for those of you who can... (laughs) <laughs> it would be let's, edifying let's to the body that, if, you yeah. would, <laughs> if you would return after the break. Again, the website is Great Relationships. That's grnumeratelationships.com. You can also find us and like us on Facebook. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Good Lord willing, we ought to be back right after this. <laughs> Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. Takes right thinking, right relationships right now, so you should, (laughs) honor must, go to our website, Great Relationships, that's grnumeratelationships.com. You can listen to the radio program or ones that have gone before, check out any of the video courses, the study guide, all kinds of really cool stuff there. Even sign up for the free newsletter. Yeah. Herman, before the break... We were talking about many things, but specifically you said, so if we get alone, how should we look at that? And ultimately it was, we gets to, we don't gots to. Right. And bless God for the privilege. So what happens when it comes to marriage? The same type of thing. Now think about this. Each one of us that are married, and you may even have done this in a relationship, but it's very strong in a marriage because you stood somewhere at an altar or in a ceremony and you were scarier still. I stood in front of you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I'd love that. That was awesome. Uh, and there were some vows that you probably made 
And it might not have been the standard vows, you know, richer or poorer, you know, sickness and health, death do us part. That is a vow that you made. Now, if you look at that as an obligation, what might happen to you? I'm going to rebel. If you look at it as it'd be like me looking at my dear wife, Louie, and, and simply going, golly, I vowed 45 years ago I would be married to her. I've just I just got to stick with it. Golly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No energy to do a relationship just because I want to. But I've got to. I've got to stay married as opposed to I want to stay married. Big difference. Right. That is the same energy that we are going to have for the things that God is commanding us to do. You're either going to look at it as. I don't want to have to suffer the the retribution, so I'm going to do it because I've got to. But then we get into a corner saying, I don't want to do this anymore. God will forgive, or forgive me. But we don't realize that God is saying, you guys can get through this. It's in your best interest. It's in Trust your best me. interest. Operate with an attitude of, yes, I have a value system that honors what I said I'm going to do. Okay, but I just don't want this to go away because it's real fast in, in, in Eclipse. God's not saying we have to stay married because he's going to spank me for being disobedient. He's saying stay married because it is edifying. And we'll get through this. It's in and your it's best in your best interest. Keep that in your mind. What God is asking us to do is for our best. If it, The way that I like to try to remind myself about God whenever I'm writing something, I try to capitalize perfect. God is perfect. You know, to just remind myself, he is always looking for our best. He is he is he is not only pursuing our best, he is over the top, always desiring and causing things to work for our best if we'll just pay attention to him. And he even takes our bad stuff and works it to our best. That's what's amazing to me. So when it says he's always blessing us. They mean it. He really is. He always is. The problem is we're not w- not willing to experience the blessing or we're trying to walk away from him. He's always here with us. We don't need to pray for him to be near us. He is. Our issue is we're turning our back on him. That's the bigger issue. So can I ask you a question? When I decide to get into self and I want to do what I want to, not what God is asking me to do for mm-hmm. my best interest. Am I forgetting that this life is really an internship for the next? Yes, we and are. And my opportunity to be an overcomer becomes my opportunity to be an underachiever? That's exactly right. When you have an obligation model in your mind, I've got to do these things. God's going to be upset with me if I don't. Versus, I get to do this because God is going to provide me a reward for becoming a king. I am using this life by God's grace, to train me to be what he wants me to be in eternity. Wow, that's a very different mindset, isn't it? That means I would approach, love your neighbor as yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. I would approach that vastly different, right? I would approach it from the viewpoint, oh, wow, if I do that, that would be for my best interest. God's perfect, and he's not going to ask me to do anything that would be out of bounds for me. So that then becomes the difference between here's your lollipop or here's your store because you know how to pursue another's best. You know how to trust me. And you would never get into that mindset if you think that you have to do that. You would end up wanting to rebel against it if you had to do it. 
God is not that way. That's critical. Another quick thing that we can talk about here is let's assume that you're not married yet and you've been dating for a long time. And because you've been dating for a long time, you start thinking, I've got to get married. Everybody expects it. I have an obligation to do the right thing. No, you're just setting yourself up for failure again, because obligation will create rebellion. The issue is, do you want to? That's a more important question. Do you want to? Let's make certain that you want to, that you don't have to. God is in everything that you are doing, and you're either paying attention to that or not. That's what's critical. God is not requiring you to do anything. It is in your best interest that you do what he's asking you to do. Understanding the freedom that God gives That's us. That's right. Revelation 3 and 20, Behold, I stand mm-hmm. at the door and knock, and he who opens, I will come in and fellowship. I will come in and sup with him. Great verse on the invitation model. Go ahead and check out our website, greatrelationships.com. That's gr numeral 8 relationships.com. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.